<laughs> and I actually think you need video because one, you're beautiful. And Thank two, you. like it, this looks like a YouTube little area to hang out. So know, video really might be does. a next step. <laughs> my husband's like, he's like, all right, so you took them down to my office. What did they say? Most of them are like, uh, are you married to a 12 year old boy? Because they're like skateboards and <laughs> They're guitars and like Android little figurines right. everywhere. The, the question is actually, if there is video, they're going to wonder about you. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep it interesting, right? Absolutely. We like it a little left of center here. <laughs> I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Little Left of Center, the podcast that interviews culture changers that are reshaping our world and breaking new ground. My guest today is Greer Howard. She is an on-air talent, reporter for the Atlanta Braves, and workshop host for people who are looking to improve their game as an on-camera interviewer. She was so joyful. She was real. She gave an interesting look inside the world on stage and backstage of entertainment, sports, and women in a predominantly male industry. I know you'll enjoy our chat because I just loved her. So yeah, so we are here today with Greer Howard. I'm so excited to have you here, and I met you on the interwebs yes. somehow, and kind of, uh, kind of was drawn to you because of your name. Um, and, <laughs> Thank you, but, mom and dad. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and and started to follow you, and I was interested more in who you are and what you do, and you are a host, an on-air personality, a reporter. You wear a lot of hats. Tell me, tell me about you. Yeah, I do. Honestly, I wear so many hats and I I think about sometimes like how how do you explain what you do and um I call it I have a portfolio career, Allison, where <laughs> um there's a lot of layers and I'm always working on several projects. I try to stay really open. I don't always do everything that comes my way, but I try to be really open to things. My first love is on camera. I love interviewing people. I love telling stories. You know, there, I have a big heart for that. I love creating content. So, you know, a lot of things just come from that. And now we live in this world where there's, you know, so much opportunity. Honestly, it's changed so much in the last, you know, five, 10 years. And so it's been really fun. And I, I just kind of pick up these projects and, you know, but, but yes, I mean, by trade, I'm a host, I'm a reporter and an on-camera talent. And then um, try to fit in as many other little projects as I can that, that makes sense that I get excited about. Yeah. And from what I can tell, you're universally loved and you're very oh. delightful. <laughs> well, not, thank not you. Not to butter you up as, <laughs> as we continue on with the real hard hitting questions, but you are a host and a reporter for the Atlanta Braves, mm -hmm. which is unbelievable. How exciting to be able to go to the stadium every day or, or you know, during the season. Mm -hmm. um, and what I was particularly interested in is that you are a reporter for the Braves and being a I love seeing a prominent woman mm -hmm. in a predominantly male, um, a male industry. How mm -hmm. did that come about? Yeah, so uh, I, I can. I'll go back if that's okay. Do go it. back a little this bit. This is your time. Um, yeah. So I originally met some of the staff from the Braves a long time ago. I was working at Turner Studios as a production coordinator at the time. 
and the Braves were on Turner South. So we used to go down to spring training and I was, though I was working in production, I still was working on my on camera. I was young, so I was trying to build up my reel and all that. So they would let me interview the players and, you know, kind of get a lot of the promo things. And so I was doing a lot of that. And got to know some of the Braves. And right after that job, I ended up working for this show called Softball 360. And Softball 360 was awesome. I loved it. It was such a great show I got Are to you work big on. Are uh, um, baseball fan in general or so a sports fan? I've always loved sports, but I've loved the entertainment side of sports and then the personal side. Mm. So I love the stories of people of influence and athletes happen to be, you know, obviously people sure. of influence. And I love... Um, Though it's interesting to talk about stats, I I like knowing people's stories and because they're athletes and I I find it um, very fascinating, you know, I mean, it takes so much hard work and skill and dedication and grit and hustle to be able to get to that level that I want to know who that person is. Um, I find that fascinating because you know that that's a really interesting person to be able to get there to that level. They've worked really hard to get there. So I want to know that backstory. But so when I worked for Softball 360, I, I did two things. So one, we we would travel around to major league ballparks and we would do this home run derby with softball guys before the game is an, a pregame entertainment show. It was a ton of fun. And then I would interview the guys after. The other thing that I would do is cover softball tournaments that were all over the country. And but they were really fun softball tournaments. It would be like a softball tournament for people over 60. It would be a softball tournament for people who had disabilities or maybe it was a softball tournament in Canada and everybody spoke French. So there were all of these different angles. And so every time I would go, I was in charge of coming up with some fun story to create from the tournament. So anyways, the Brave staff had sort of, you know, what my current boss now had seen the work that I had done there and but I kind of took a windy road, to be honest. So I, I had worked for them. Then I had gotten married. He was in the military and I moved away. So I want to encourage people, if you're ever at a stage where you aren't advancing your career or something changes, I basically had to get out of the industry for almost four years mm. because we were traveling. We moved 10 times in two and a half years. We were pulled in all of these directions. So I had to take this huge step back. And it was so depressing for me at the time because I... I thought I was on this great trajectory and it it wasn't really working out. So anyway, after I had, and then I got pregnant and, you know, side note, a lot of people don't like on camera pregnant ladies, though it's starting to change a little, which is good. And so after my son was born, um, my ex-husband was going to be deployed. And um, so he deployed at four months. My son was four months old. And then that week I started Mm. with the Braves and it was crazy. And so basically my boss had called me and said, Hey, I know what you have been, you did, you used to do for that softball show. Will you come and will you do that here? And what was really cool is since I, from when I had graduated from college, I didn't know at the time there wasn't really people that worked for a team. There were sports reporters who worked for Fox Sports South, for ESPN, but there wasn't really the avenue to to be able to work for a team. So that was really different and unique, and I was really excited about that because it was all going to be positive. It was all going to be Braves. It was going to be entertainment-oriented, and that started when we were at um, Turner Field. So Where I did, did that idea come from if that had not been normal? You know, I think a lot of it had to do with, one, for the Braves, they, they wanted the entertainment factor. So they had a pregame show before the game to entertain the fans. And they've always been so great about doing that. 
even at Turner Field. And then honestly, as social media has grown, you have your own audience. So Mm -hmm. if you're a Braves fan and you follow the Braves on Facebook, on, on Instagram, on YouTube, there's an opportunity for the Braves to talk to you and they can really write the script. They can talk about whatever they want to talk about and they have access because it's their team. So it's really smart. It's a great business decision to say, hey, let's hire somebody to help us tell stories. And so mine really started is just doing the pregame show and then um, I've just sort of wiggled my way into trying to yeah. do other things too. <laughs> and I'm curious, uh, you know, is is breaking gender barriers important to you? Is that something that crosses your mind or is it just the entertainment side that you're just following your heart? But there is, you know, there is something about what you see becomes normal. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. So I don't know that my goal when I got in was, hey, we need more women in sports. Yeah. But I've always loved sports and I've always loved entertainment. I've always loved people. So in a way, I felt like I always belonged there. Um, but as as I've continued and you get there, you sort of look around and you're like, oh, huh. You know, there aren't a lot. But, but I will say since this is my sixth year, um, it's, I mean, gosh, it's changed so much. I mean, we have such a female emphasis now that we didn't have, you know, obviously when I started. And it's been really cool to see, to be honest, especially in an organization like the Braves are very open to it and they want to because they know, hey, we have female fans out there and why are we not talking to them? And I think they realize that as, you know, not only myself, but, you know, we've got Kelsey Wingert, who's an incredible sideline reporter on Fox Sports South. She's a great friend of mine. She is amazing. She does an incredible job. We also have a lot of women on our staff that work for the Braves that they've done an incredible job of really paving the way and they're behind the scenes working on a lot of things themselves. So it's certainly not just me. There's a lot of us, you know, that are that are making a difference. And what's interesting is when they started talking to women, women started talking back, which That's was cool. amazing. And you know what I think is funny is that you are a beautiful woman. You love sports. You can talk sports and you are on the Jumbotron and all of that. Are guys hitting on you left and right? You're like the perfect <laughs> woman. No. Oh my goodness. No, not at all. Um, actually, it's hilarious because people always say that they're like, Oh, you work in You're like the coolest girl, the cool girl. I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I feel like I always say, I just refer to him. I'm at a weird age. Um, Most people (laughs) my age are married. And um, I don't know. I guess a lot of, no, the answer, the short answer is no. So if you're really great out there, you just (laughs) hit me up, slide in the DMs. You're not a Howard. So one of the things that I I noticed that about your role is that you are tasked with talking to um, professional athletes Mm -hmm. and vendors and Mm -hmm. ushers and Mm -hmm. fans and owners of organizations, owners of of ball teams. I mean, that is a huge range. How do you Mm -hmm. begin to prepare? And do you have to be, I'm assuming you have to be very quick on your feet, but what is Mm -hmm. the skill set beyond that or behind that? Of being able to do that. Well, one, that is so cool that you noticed that. I mean, I am super impressed that you even realized that that was a, a part of what I do. So yes, I, I I do. I have to talk to a lot of high profile people. And then I, I talk to people who are everyday people. And to be honest, I think it's just, 
people are people, right? And so I want to treat everybody with respect. And in my opinion, everyone is important and everybody's got a place. So I do think that's probably a, a skill. Um, my, my mom has said that to me before. You know, she was like, you're just someone that can always find something in common, you mm. know, with someone else. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something I was born with or if that's just a, a you know, an attribute that I have. But it's really important to me that, you know, I want the usher to know that I see them and that they're important and they're a huge part of the game day experience. And the Braves would be remiss to not talk about them and how important that they are. I mean, Walter Banks is a celebrity. I mean, he is the heart of Braves country and we're, you know, we love him so much and he's one of our most famous ushers. But then also, you know, talking to a professional athlete, I think sometimes, you know, on that end, it's, they want to be treated like people too. And so I think that's part of it is, you know, you just, you have to kind of just get to a level of, all right, we've got a level of respect and you have to tread a little lightly because obviously they're there to do a job. They're yeah. there to make sure that, you know, they've, they're going out to batting practice and that they've got their drills and they've, they've stretched and if they have to go see the trainer. So you have to be respectful of, you know, just because it's a good time for me to talk to them may not be a good time for them to talk to me and not get offended by that. How do you do that? Do you have, like, are you slotted to talk to certain people at certain times or are you, are you tasked to catch them? Yeah, kind of both. So there's a media time that Mm -hmm. all of us are able to go down there to the clubhouse and you're in there you know it's it's interesting you know they they're in their lockers and all their things and they're getting ready to go out to the next thing and so your job really is to just catch them and see if it's a good time and and talk to them for a few minutes now sometimes it is scheduled where you know okay I'm going to sit down with this person at this time so it just sort of depends but on a daily basis it's normally the media is all down there together and then you try to grab whoever you can grab and usually we have a plan of who we want to talk to and, yeah. and what we want to talk to them about but I think from from my homework that I've done with you is yeah. that one of the things that you love to do and that you actually teach is creating your own content yes. and how do you do that on the spot I mean is it important for you to know the stats or know what's going on is it important for you to know the history of certain people that are going to be there do you do you kind of google people you know before that you you see so you kind of have an idea of of where you're going to go so my question really is how do you create content on the fly on something that's going to be compelling enough that's going to hold somebody else's attention from an entertainment perspective Ooh, that's a good one you know honestly I think preparation is key you don't always have a, a lot of time but I think you always ideally want some sort of plan of what you're going for so is it timely you know, does it make sense? You know, what is your audience looking for? And a lot of that can depend, um, you know, on who you're talking to. So I always try to go in with some sort of plan so that I'm not fumbling around unsure of where I want the conversation to go. But I also want to be flexible that if the conversation ends up going somewhere else that's interesting, be confident enough to, to maybe, you know, head down that way as well and then bring them back, you know, to where you sort of want to end up being. I think it's something that just takes some some time and experience. But, uh, you know, I always say you, you want to plan, but you want to be 
slightly spontaneous too yeah Mm -hmm. do you believe or have you done like improv and those kind of things to kind of sharpen Mm -hmm. the skills of being quick on your feet sure so through the years I've done many improv classes and that kind of thing I I'm not currently you know doing any improv but that is so important and I think just listening listening is really important and just responding so if anybody's out there that you know, is thinking about creating their own content, an improv class, even if you don't consider yourself an actor, is a really great skill to develop because it just helps you to listen and to react naturally. And that's where you get really authentic, beautiful moments that you aren't expecting that people typically love. So if I'm going to sit in your shoes for a minute and you're watching TV and let's say you're watching the Yankee, I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm from New Jersey. You're like, oh, fair enough. Disgusting. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um, I don't even know what the chop is, but (laughs) I'll teach you before we leave. Okay. That sounds like a deal. But if you're watching another reporter, are you like, I imagine then when you're watching another reporter that you are taking it in, like you could not just watch it uh, passively. I imagine you're probably actively thinking of, I, that's a great question, or I would have asked it a different way. Is it easy to turn off? Are you always looking? Are you, you're, I'm assuming you're always a student. Absolutely. I, I, I try not to be, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's like you're, you're judging them, but you are watching them. You're listening, you're seeing how they would go about it. I mean, specifically with the Braves, you know, obviously I'm watching a lot of the Fox Sports South and then I'll watch, you know, their team versus ESPN or how maybe Facebook Live or we had a a game on YouTube this past week, how they would cover it or how maybe MLB is going to talk about it. So it is interesting to see all those different avenues. And also now with social, you're seeing a lot of that on there as well. So I I love to see how other people go about it. And so many times I'm impressed. I mean, like I said, you know, for instance, Kelsey, another woman, like she's just, she's amazing. She's so good. She's so smart. She knows the game really, really well. She knows the guys really well. And so I just, I'm always impressed with the kind of stories that she comes up with or the little nuggets that she's able to, you know, communicate. So I love watching her. But you, but also you just sort of notice other little nuances that maybe you're like, oh, you know, that doesn't really work or, and then watching yourself, you know, I still you watch try to watch myself and it's painful, you know, you're <laughs> like, oh girl, but it makes you better. Yeah. You know, it, it's good to try to watch yourself so that you can realize maybe some of the things that you're doing that are annoying or then out there, you know, all those fans, they'll let you know. Do they tell you, do you get like hater trolls? Oh yes. Yes. You had Um, a bat in the cave. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They'll let me know if, you know, I'm annoying them or saying something that they don't like. It's it's gotta be hard a little bit to kind of let roll off. It, it, It can be, but you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you're putting yourself out there and people are going to have yeah. opinions. And now with social and that little comment button, you're able to, you know, say things however you want. The chief seats, that's right. <laughs> and, you know, Atlanta Braves are on a hot street right now. So yeah. this must be so fun. Like the vibe's got to be amazing. And when it isn't, is it different? Is there a different mm-hmm. vibe that you bring to the table when they are, you know, kind of trying to claw their way out of a, a low spot? Like, what is that like for you? Yeah, well, you know, I'll say this, this is my sixth season with the team. And last season, which was my fifth season, was the first time that we had gone to the postseason since I had worked for the team. And I can remember the morale at Turner Field before we were coming to SunTrust Park. And to be honest, it would be really hard to to sometimes talk to the players 
in the clubhouse to be able to talk to fans because people were just sort of down because yeah. we weren't winning. We weren't, you know, we were used to winning and, um, and, and we weren't going to the postseason. And so we were struggling and we were rebuilding and everyone knew we were, we were rebuilding, but it still can be hard. But last season when we went to postseason, it was just so much fun. And it's, it's just, it's a lot more fun to win. It's easier to sell tickets when you win. Yeah. It's easier, you know, everybody's just happier and, and, and excited. It's easier to interview people. So I just love to ride that wave. And I'm, I'm a fan either way. You know, we know how hard those guys work day in, day out, but it's really exciting right now. We're getting ready to go into September. We're looking great for the postseason. The guys, even though we've had some injuries, our GM, Alex Anthopoulos, has made some incredible moves to make sure that we've got some players in place to to just be there, you know, to take over until our guys are back. And I think it's meant a lot to the, to the team. And I think it's going to be an exciting September and hopefully October too. Yeah, so I can tell your son is big into baseball too. He's five, six, Ooh, five, girl. six, five. Yes, he will be six <clears throat> in November and he is... Such a huge Braves fan. That's amazing. Do the sports metaphors just come off your head? Like as you're parenting him of just, <laughs> come on, you can do it. Like I want, I, it has to somehow intrinsically osmosify. And, you know, in, in kind of watching these professional athletes, the top of the top of the top of the top, you, you know, continue to, you know, win or just work as hard as they can. Does that kind of creep into your parenting? Gosh, you know, I, I don't know, to be honest. I ha I hadn't really ever thought of it that way. You know, I think for me, I just, I love my little guy so much mm -hmm. and, and our relationship is so important to me. So I'm just navigating it as a mom, but I assume probably there are some things that are happening in my parenting that, you know, are because of, you know, my work, but I can't necessarily pinpoint them. I don't know, but I mean, as far as his little love for the sport, and I think we have such a strong bond and that's something we've been able to bond over. And I mean, he has his little mannerisms for each player that, you know, we know he knows the walk-up songs and he knows their <laughs> so mannerisms cute. when they get to the plate and he knows the lineup and, you know, we, we're on our way to school and he wants to listen to Caro by Bad Bunny. And, you know, <laughs> I, thankfully it's in Spanish, so I don't know the inappropriate right. words that are in there. <laughs> that is so cute. But that's like his favorite little song. And so it's... um it's just fun. You know, it's fun to, you know, have that little bond with him. And, you know, I, I don't know how it transfers to my parenting, but I'm sure it does. We play a lot of baseball. I can tell you that. Yes, yes. He looks like he's got really good form, you know, like whatever the Instagram yeah. stuff. I'm I, like, I think he watches he a lot of good. Josh Donaldson. So he's, he's got some Josh Donaldson I would be intimidated vibes. against your son. There's no <laughs> doubt. And I, you know, I wonder about um, you probably encounter celebrities throughout your career. Do you get starstruck? And if you are to get starstruck, do you get star starstruck more with sports athletes or entertainment athletes mm. or entertainment celebrities? I wonder what that's like. Yeah, I over time it's gotten, you know, I think it gets obviously a lot better. But to me, <laughs> honestly, I feel like A-list celebrities, A-list actors really are probably a little more to, to me because I, I just think I've been around maybe so many athletes that it doesn't seem as, I don't know, I don't get really as starstruck, but 
I think, you know, because, you know, like I interviewed John Travolta this last week and oh, I saw those pictures. What was that like? Was, um, he was so cool. He was really cool. He was, you know, you never know what people are going yeah. to be like. And, um, but he was great and I wasn't nervous with him at all. And I honestly, I think a lot of that had to do, we, we had an incredible crew that day. So my co-host and I were able to really focus and prepare for the interview and not be worried about some other dynamics. But I remember I met Steve Carell and I didn't think I was nervous until I started talking. Oh, how funny. And then as I started talking in the interview, I could feel my tummy. I was like, oh, I'm nervous to talk to him. But, you know, you get past it. But he was great, too. So, yeah, you just, I don't know. I've noticed that all the people that I've ever met that are in positions where they are with celebrities – treat them like people and mm -hmm. they don't really necessarily get starstruck. But I wondered what that was like when you do meet these people that you see on these big screens mm -hmm. and they're in front of you. And I, you know, I think of, of some people like I saw Robert Downey Jr. in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and he had a swagger. Like I could feel him oozing charisma just in front of me. Mm. And that's something you can't really see on screen, even yeah. though it does come across that way. So yeah, I'm always curious to know what it's like when you meet these people that are larger than life in our culture, mm -hmm. you know, and, and if they are, you know, kind of translate that same way. It's kind yeah. of interesting to yeah. see. I think you always just want to give them almost like the respect that they deserve. And then yeah. I, I feel like I always just kind of want it to go well. I don't know if that makes sense. You're like, I just want, I want it to feel like I'm educated and they feel like it was a um, an interesting conversation yeah. because you know they've talked to so many people and they're on these press tours and you think, well, I don't want my interview to feel the same as the hundred other ones yeah. that they've done. So I think it has more to do with some of that than it does with like, I'm nervous to talk to this person, but more of, you know, how can I be authentic and different and, and maybe make this hopefully an enjoyable conversation because I'm sure they you know, get a lot of the same questions. And I relate kind of to thing. that a lot as mm -hmm. I sit here with a microphone interviewing yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> but I, you know, but I wonder, do you rely on your own authenticity to make sure that it is going to have the, you know, the Greer Howard stamp because, yeah. you know, of, of, or do you kind of rack your brain trying to think of different questions that they may not have been asked before? I think you've always got to stay authentic to yourself. I mean, that's the only thing we have that's unique to our to ourselves so the more that you can just be yourself I think is best and I also think that helps so much with not being competitive or comparing yourself with other people because realistically even if you're doing the same thing if you have a podcast and your friend has a podcast or I'm a host and reporter and my friend is a host and reporter we're not going to be the same host and reporter you're not going to be the same podcast so just trying to learn of you know hey let me just feel really good in my own space yeah and let me just be the best version of myself and move forward and and not try to compare or break down the person next to you that's trying to do it because honestly what's theirs is theirs and what's yours is yours so you know to to feel intimidated or, or that it's different you know, you're not going to be them so just be you it's okay and that's kind of a confidence thing too that I wonder if that comes with um I wonder if that comes with just wisdom and just experience or is it something that you naturally had what kind of kid were you in high school oh man I was so 
shy and awkward. You were? Well, in no middle school, way. I got better in high school. I I did. I was I was shy. I I was nervous about my name and I wore glasses and we didn't have Warby Parker back there and they weren't very cool. <laughs> and I don't know. I I didn't have I don't I don't feel like I had a lot of confidence. I was quiet and I think that's part of why I was able to talk to a lot of people because sometimes people, you know, weren't nice to me as a kid. And I always thought, well, I'm, I don't ever want to make somebody feel like that. And I think that's helped a lot as I've gotten older. And, um, but, but yeah, as I got older, I, I think I just, you know, I, my, I was kind of marched the beat of my own drum, but I, I could flow into different groups pretty well. And, you know, I, I like a lot of different people. I have a lot of different interests and I'm curious. So I don't know. I, I love that. You sound like somebody I would want to be friends with. Greer. Oh, I hope we can be friends. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about Beth Keener and the local lens. Oh, Beth is my girl. This is such a cool concept that you guys have going too. Tell me Thank about it. Thank you. Um, gosh, Beth and I actually met on an audition, and this is a... You were Beth at, Keener is another host. Yes, so Beth Keener is, is one of my very best friends, and she's another host. We met on an audition years ago, and neither of us got the job, and we became friends, and were close for a long time, and then we kind of moved away at the same time. She went to LA, and then I had gotten married, moved away, and then we both came back about the same time, and she had started talking about like events that were going on around Atlanta and we were accountability partners. So we would meet every month, talk about our goals and encourage each other and hash out problems. And it was awesome. And she eventually came to me one day and she was, she said, you know, I feel like our goals are really pretty much the same. Why don't we do something together? Why don't we take, you know, what I've been doing with the events and maybe we kind of shifted a little and it was called the local ends. So we decided at the time, you know, all these movies and TV shows were moving here. So we said, well, let's talk about entertainment. So we started just talking about entertainment and things that were happening in Atlanta, people that were here, what was shooting, that kind of thing. And it was hilarious. I mean, the, our very first time we shot something, we were in front of a green screen. We'd written a script. So we we're really proud of ourselves. And we had a teleprompter, but the teleprompter wasn't on the camera. It was below <laughs> the camera. And our hair was, it wasn't keying right. So it was like purple. And it, it was, was like a nonstop blooper reel. Oh, it was <laughs> so bad. It was so, so bad. But we were like, high five, girlfriend. We're like, we did it. So it was really fun. It's so it, much more fun to fail with somebody. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. But oh, we posted that. We were like, mm, yes, that's great. And it was so bad. And it eventually, Eventually, and I mean, honestly, I will tell you, we've been, we started this probably five years ago. It's been a long time. So eventually it led to, we, we were on the red carpet talking to Denzel Washington. And like I said, we talked to Steve Carell. We've talked to Miles Teller. We just interviewed John Travolta. So it has grown over the years. And what's interesting too, is this year we actually, we, we had shot this beautiful pilot. We wanted an entertainment show. We were trying to sell it, had gotten on board with some people and nothing was happening. And we put a lot of our time, a lot of our finances, a lot of things towards it. And we said, you know what? Let's just take a break. We're not going to not do it, but we're not going to be uh, pursuing anything. We're just going to react to kind of what happens. So this year, we kind of sat on it, to be honest, and we didn't really do much. We said, you know what? Let's teach a workshop. Let's do that. She was pregnant when it was like, whoo, you know, huge blessing because she's had a hard time getting pregnant. She's got mm. a healthy baby on the way. So we're super excited about that. And, you know, so we kind of just took a pause 
But what's been so interesting is even through the pause, people have reached out about things. And we actually, I can't really talk about, but we just signed a contract yesterday for a super exciting project that we are revamping local ends. It'll be, it'll be basically the same, but a little different. And we're rebranding it and we're teamed up. What is the mission of the local lens? So we wanted to talk about entertainment in Atlanta, but we wanted it to be um, friendly conversations. So sort of instead of, we wanted to feel like friends who were talking to people of influence of, you know, and so that's kind of where we came about it. And really it's just been this digital kind of concept that we've had. And, but we're really excited because we'll be able to take what we've done. We've got a great team that's with us. It's teaming up with us and, you know, starting next year, we're going to, you know, unveil some really cool stuff that we're excited about. Awesome. Yeah. That is great. And just when we thought maybe it'd go away, you know, it, it didn't. So. And I know you had a workshop recently, a hosting 101 Mm -hmm. for people that are looking to do better interviews, Mm -hmm. to be on camera, to be better a host. Are there more of those things coming? Is that something in the works? I think it's possible. We, you know, a year ago, we, we had so many people reach out to us, honestly, about what, we were doing because we both are hosts and she works for Atlanta United. I work for the Braves. We both have professional careers where we work on a lot of other projects on camera as well. And people were reaching out. And so we didn't really know what to do. We, we didn't, to be honest, have time to go to 20 different coffees. And though we'd love to, you, you can't always do that. Mm. So last year we, and I, I said, Hey, why don't we just invite all of the people who've asked us over the last year to come over and we'll have drinks and food and we'll just sit around and we'll talk. And so we did that last year and it was really successful. We had like 13 or 14 women that all came over to my house and we sat around some of them we knew, some of them we didn't know. And we talked about having an on-camera career and what that looked like and what their goals were and how they could get there. And it was amazing. So after that, we thought, well, maybe we should do this, you know, and, and, like charge people, you know, like actually yeah. have a class. So we developed the workshop over the last year and we just did it in August. And it sold out. It sold Congrats. out. We couldn't awesome. believe it. We were yeah. like, wow, <laughs> people actually do want to come. So it was really great. We loved it. And I think we probably will. But right now, you know, she's going to take a break, have the baby, kind of get reset with life. And then probably in 2020, we'll do something else. And I don't know if we're going to do something online or do more workshops, but I think there's probably, you know, a good chance we'll do some more down the road. What is next for you? That, you know, Allison, that is the question of the hour <laughs> right now you may, in It may my be embargoed life. on what you, whatever you just signed as right. well. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully that will be a part of it for sure. But you know, I don't know. To be honest, I'm trying to be really open because I do mm. feel like there's a stirring in me of it's time for something different, a change. And I don't know if that means a different client or something else that I create. I don't know, but I do feel like there's a shift that's coming up, but um, I don't know what it is yet. I love that shift. And now yeah. I see why we're together because yeah. I also had that stirring <laughs> and that's how this podcast came about. That's so, so cool. You know, kind of not that this is my interview because it's not, but um, but I am open to the possibilities. So yeah. I love doing this of just, you know, where can I take this? Yeah, that's been one of my goals this year, honestly. Yeah. And it was an intention I set at the beginning of the year. I, you know, I looked back on my year before and, and to be honest, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy where I am, but everything had been on camera and I thought, well, I don't think that's a great long-term plan. I want to start developing some things that maybe don't depend on me being on camera. So what would that look like? And I just want to be open 
And so I've taken a lot of meetings this year. I've talked with a lot of people and I, I still don't know exactly know, but I'm really, I think, and I don't know if you feel like this, but just was sort of proud of myself for saying, hey, let's just be open yeah. and have some conversations. And having a conversation doesn't mean that you're changing your whole life. And I also think I don't want to change my whole life. I Whatever that next thing is, is going to make sense. Yeah. Because of all the other things I've done in my life, it makes sense to now do this. It's not going to be some great detour. But it's kind of fun. And I've always liked that. I've always been a freelancer and a contractor. And so that's always been something I've actually really loved about it. That's a hard life too, though. That's a hard life from a stability perspective. I I wonder if kind of shaking the foundation a little bit is exciting for you to see what's next. Well, you never know what's next. And it could be really exciting and awesome. So I'm going to just put that out there and hope that it is. (laughs) You know, um... <clears throat> so you, uh, I, I saw that you had taken acting classes. Do you mm-hmm. do acting? Is that something you're interested in? Because you really do have a lot of talents that you can do about hosting and being on air and it's being crazy. a reporter. And- so what's interesting is I always knew that I wanted to be a host and reporter. I have a journalism degree and I had moved to Atlanta after school to, to Turner and I was I was a coordinator there and I was working on the show called Atlanta Tonight, which was an entertainment show that was on UPN at the time. And I was a reporter for them, but I couldn't make enough money, you know, doing it. And I, at that time was, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I didn't want to do local news. So people had told me, oh, you should get an agent and you should do commercials because if you can be a host, you could do commercials. So that's what I did. And when I got into the agency side of things, I was pretty decent at commercials. And so I started, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'll do some acting classes. And then I did a lot of spokesperson work, which I still do now, corporate videos, that kind of thing. And they, they, they kind of threw me into film and television, to be honest. And so I took acting classes because I thought, well, and I'm the one where I'm kind of where I'm one of those where I want to be really great. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it well. Mm. You sound like you're a continual learner, though. I'm trying. Like you're always a student. Right. I'm trying. And so I I did that. And to be honest, and I had some great opportunities, actually. It was really fun. I did have like a short little fun acting career. But I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't my heart, actually acting in films and television shows, though it was super interesting. I loved talking to actors, and I loved that I knew the knowledge of what it looked like to be on a set or prepare Mm. for a role but I also knew it wasn't me. And so I actually made a decision a few years ago with my agency and I said, you know, I don't want to go for film and TV roles unless it's a host or reporter that's in a film or television show. And I totally supported it because if I looked at my auditions, my booking rate for a commercial or a a corporate video or a hosting job was great. Mm. But my booking rate for film TV was not great. And I was fascinating. Yeah. And I just knew I wasn't, it wasn't for me. And I thought, you know, there are so many actors, so many of my friends are out here busting it, really creating characters, working on their craft. And I don't want to do that. And I don't want to take their slot, like give it to them. They're probably going to book it. And it was really freeing, to be honest. I feel like you've got your own authentic voice that needs to come out though. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it, you know, like if it's you, I think there's something, I think there's a power empowerment to have discernment to say no to mm-hmm. things that could be attractive, could be high profile, could be, you know, have a certain cachet and say, no, that's not me, mm-hmm. you know, so there's only one way to go. And that's 
what is right for you, yeah, you know? Absolutely. So how can people find you? Ooh, they can find me. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram. That's probably where I'm the most active, which is just at Greer.Howard. I'm on Twitter um, at an, a Greer underscore Howard. I'm on Facebook, but honestly, I really don't look at Facebook. I probably have so many friend requests and they're probably people that I should be friends with and I just don't <laughs> go through it. So it's probably better for your mental health. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just I, letting you know. I know I don't do a lot of Facebook. So if you've messaged me there, I am so sorry. I probably have not seen it. And if you invited me to your event, I always say this, I didn't see it. So just text me. Um, and then I have my, I've got a website, greerhoward.com. So you can always um, check out that as well. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for being here, Greer. I love talking to you. Love talking to you too. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. I loved meeting Greer Howard and learning more about life in front of a camera. I've linked her info in the show notes. In the meantime, I truly hope you'll not only subscribe to this podcast, Little Left of Center, but leave a review and continue sharing these episodes. I'm also looking for sponsors for future episodes and have some exciting new things in the works. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you.